I have been in Africa for seven days. I wasn't a pastor, barely even a preacher. Maybe preached four or five times a year. Been a youth pastor many years before, and we tried to start a church once, but that didn't work. At the time we went, we were running a kids' church, and uh, if you've been involved in that, you know it's not quite the same as preaching. It's it's a lot of work, but it's not quite the same. <laughs> um, I wasn't anything special or whatever, um, but I found myself seven days after landing in Africa teaching and speaking to some pastors about ministry. Um, there was a pastor's conference we were at, and we'd been there, like I said, a week, and uh, we landed Thursday. I preached that Saturday and Sunday, and this was the next Thursday. Like we just, I went, we went hardcore right off the bat. Um, and I was found myself, for some reason, preaching to these, these pastors, and I felt very much unqualified to be doing this. Um, these guys had done more than I'd ever done, and still have done more than I've ever done. They'd given more, they'd sacrificed more. This was an incredible group of ministers, and I was just very green and fresh and still in a state of shock at all the strange things I was seeing every day. And, but here it was somehow trying to teach them. Um, Brother Benson and myself were there for some sessions, and I was speaking on teamwork. That was kind of the theme of the, the conference or whatever, and I was the last one before lunch. And um, probably the only thing I was qualified to talk about, to be honest, because <laughs> I had worked with other people. And, and so um, we were teaching in the morning, like I said, I was the last one before lunch, and I wasn't very long. I had an hour to do it, but um, thankfully using a translator helps pad out the minutes a bit. Um, so we took a break for lunch, and these sessions that we were a part of were being held at the church in Ajaglo, which means nothing to you, but it was it's a little commune or town out in the middle of nowhere. To get there, you gotta drive down some dirt roads for I think 20 minutes or so off the main road. You just go and turn up. I don't know, there's no street signs. You just know where to turn. And then you go further. Um, and we were kind of out in the middle of nowhere in the outskirts of a place called Weeda, which is the birthplace of voodoo. So we were in good territory. Um, and it's a, now it's a big, massive compound. There's a Bible school building. There's dorms. There's a sanctuary. There's a a spot for conferences, but then it was just uh, an unfinished building and a few walls on a new building that were starting. Um, and I hadn't thought much about lunch. I was so nervous about trying to want to speak to these guys and what I was going to say, and um, if they were going to even understand what I was going to say, because a lot of phrases and things don't translate well or don't cross cultures very very well. So I was still trying to learn how to get around all that. So I didn't really think much about lunch. And some ladies from the, the village nearby had gotten wind that there was a bunch of men in the building. And so they showed up with some sort of Beninese food that they gladly paid for. But my sensitive North American stomach wasn't quite ready for that 
yet. Uh, and out in the middle of nowhere, there's not much in the way of restaurants, and even then, depending on the water that they used, certain things you couldn't eat at certain restaurants, and it could make you ill. And so I got in the Toyota with Brother um, Benson, and for a lunch break, we drove to a little spot, and it might have been a bar. I didn't really think about it until after. I know they served drinks because we got some, um, a couple of Cokes and glass bottles. They still do that there, you know, the big ones. And in my opinion, that's the best way to drink pop. And we got a couple of those. And he opened the trunk of his SUV and pulled out a cooler that had some bread and some ham and cheese that he packed unbeknownst to me. And I was very thankful for that. And when I needed some nourishment, when I needed some bread, my friend had some for me. And we ate a simple little meal, um, drank our cold Coca-Colas from the glass bottle. And uh, we chatted about life and ministry and the work in Benin for about an hour and whatever else came up. And it was a grand old time and it's one of my favorite memories. And we went back for the afternoon sessions and had some good sessions the rest of the day. When I didn't have a lunch, when I didn't have any bread, my friend had some for me. He had just what I needed in that moment. He had, he had the thing that I needed most. <laughs> and Jesus, he told the short parable in Luke chapter 11, and it goes like this. He said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go to him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine is in his journey, in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, And trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed, I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. And this story is simple. What happens, Jesus says, is you've got a friend who comes to you and in need of some bread because his friend has shown up in the middle of the night. He said, will you not just give him some bread basically just to get rid of him? Not because he's your friend, but just because go away. The kids are sleeping. Everyone's in here. Scram. I don't know if you ever had been in that sort of situation. Maybe not exactly like that, but someone shows up and you just give them whatever they need to get off the step. Please go. Take what you need and get out of here. <laughs> no, just me. He's using this to teach about prayer. And he's saying that, you know, we don't have because we don't ask. And he's saying that we can just ask God for anything. And he's, if this guy's willing to do that just to get rid of him, we're not that God's trying to get rid of us, but he's going to answer more so. And um, we just need to have the audacity to ask God. But in this story, there's another story. There's three friends. There's one with bread. There's one without bread. And there's one who shows up in the middle of the night. We focus on the middle one without bread, asking the one for bread. With bread, for bread. <laughs> right. Make sense? There's something wrong with that guy. I want to look at this a little bit differently. The story, the tragedy of the story is there's this man and he's got a friend 
And this friend is traveling at night. And night, he said before, is not the safest or the best time to travel in the Middle East or these parts of the world. Um, at midnight, famously, is the darkest part of the night. And when I were talking about Africa, when we arrived for the first time, I checked my, my email. I still have the email for the flights. And we were scheduled to land at 7.45 p.m. So it was around that time we landed. Might have been a little late because planes never leave Paris on time, but it was around then we landed and it was, I was shocked. It was pitch black already. It gets darker, apparently, in my head, when it's warm, you know, night, the sun doesn't go down until 10 or whatever, because that's what our summers are like. But in these parts of the world, it gets dark earlier and, you know, bright earlier, but. It's the same kind of, the sun goes down the same time basically all year. And so, um, I say that to say that it's probably been dark for a few hours, at least, by the time this man gets to his house. And they didn't have headlights on their camels, they didn't have street lights, they had a, the moon, and that was, a, that was all. They had the stars too. And this guy, he's wandering in the night for a while, and he needs a place to stay, and he needs some bread, he's hungry, he's tired, he's worn out possibly in danger because it's not safe to travel. That's when people get robbed and all kinds of things, murdered, whatever, is when stuff happens at night. And uh, so he comes to his friend's house and he asks his friend for some bread, something to nourish him, something to sustain him because he's been traveling in the dark for hours now and he needs a place to stay and he needs some help. But his friend has nothing. His friend has no bread in the house. He has nothing to give him. The one thing that he needs, his friend is out of. And so he has to go somewhere else to get it. This isn't going to be long. It's a pretty simple message. But there are people in this world. There are people we know and people we love and people we care about. There's friends and family in our lives. And they've been wandering in the dark for a while. They've been journeying in the dark. And they're in danger. And they're in trouble. And they need something and so they come to us because they've heard that there's something different about us they've heard that um, we used to be wandering in the night too they've heard that we've gone through something similar that they're going through as well and they come to us because they want what it is that we have and they come looking for what it is that we've got and the greatest tragedy in the world would be for us to not have any bread to give them the greatest sin would be for us to open our cupboards for a hungry soul and find out that there was nothing there. We better make sure that there's bread in the cupboard. We better make sure that we have what they need. Because if we don't, they're going to have to go look elsewhere. In John chapter 6, Jesus feeds the 5,000 and the people get all fired up and they want to make Jesus into their king and so he goes into the mountains by himself and the disciples go across the sea there's a storm he comes walking on the water calms the storm joins them in the boat and they go across to the other side of the sea and the crowd finds them there again and jesus says this to them he says verily verily i say unto you you seek me not because you saw the miracles but because you did eat of the loaves and we're filled. Jesus gets right to the point with these people. He sees through them. He sees through the heart. He says, you didn't come for a miracle. They didn't come for teaching. They didn't come for a word. They came for food. And people are funny. These people will 
We have a meal and people show up. <laughs> we had a meal, I think it was last year, some guy showed up. God told him to come today. <laughs> what a coincidence. Some people come for miracles, some for teaching, some for prayer, some for food. We all come for different reasons. But the important thing is that we come, even though um, they didn't come for the right reasons, Jesus is going to give them what it is that they need. And people are going to come to us looking for something. And it could look and sound different every time. Most often, they're not going to come straight in and say, hey, now tell me about this Jesus you're so crazy about. It may come in the form of complaining about all their troubles and turmoil in their lives and how they need peace. It may come by them sharing a doctor's report with you. It may come by them asking questions like, is this all there is? Or what's the point? Or any of those sorts of things. And they come to Jesus for food. That's why they came, as far as they were concerned. And Jesus was going to give them something different because he sees through that. And we need to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost in our lives and see these opportunities for what they are when they arise. The Lord knows I've blown many of them. I'm not saying I'm perfect, because I'm not. And I'm not sure why, you know, we all come. Could be tradition. And what else are you going to do? Could be looking for someone thing or maybe when you pray or whatever but to be honest it doesn't really matter because Jesus is here we all come for different reasons and they needed teaching they needed revelation they needed Jesus it didn't matter why they went looking for him the fact that they gone looking for him was enough sometimes we want everyone to come to us with you know be real straightforward with it I don't know if people aren't as straightforward as we'd like They were looking and they, they came and they found him. And so Jesus knows what they need. And he's going to give them what it is that they need. Amen. Jesus does not give, always give us what we want, but he always gives us what we need. And there's a big difference there. So these guys, they say to Jesus, they say, um, what sign showest thou then? And that we may see and believe thee and what dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So keep them with the bread thing. They asked Jesus for a sign. They say, how do we know you're for real? How do we know this is a real thing that you're doing here? And the people will ask us similar things. How do we know God is real? How do we know this is, you know, what I need? How is this Jesus going to help me? And these guys, they do the thing that people always do when you try to talk to someone about Jesus. They try to sound spiritual. It's my favorite thing that people do to me. I found out I'm a pastor, and then just all of a sudden everyone's a theologian. <laughs> they said, Well, our fathers had manna. The Bible says so. God gave them manna, and they gave them bread from heaven. That was a sign. What's your sign? What are you going to give us? What are you going to show us? <laughs> One lady told me, after hearing me preach several times, how she admired my love for the Trinity. So, well, I don't know. <laughs> People try to say things that sound spiritual. 
It's like, well, I have never said that. <laughs> I met another lady, and she found out as a pastor and said, so how's God? <laughs> what? <laughs> How is... It's like, he's good. He hasn't changed. What do you mean? <laughs> she said, that's a good question. I was like, okay. <laughs> Or they'll try to, you know, they'll go into rants about churches and problems and all that. Another guy went on a rant about infant baptism. I was like, well, we're on the same page here. Whatever. <laughs> I didn't say anything about that, but... People, you know, they, they, they're looking for something, and they... I don't know why they do it, but they always try to sound like... Yeah. Super spiritual or something, like they know, and... And that's, that always makes me laugh inside. And these guys are kind of doing the same thing that Jesus. Oh, well, where's, where's your sign then? You want to tell us? Give us a sign. Our Moses had bread from heaven. Why don't you have bread for us? Why don't you give us a sign? They, bread is a the theme, and so they pull stories they've heard from Moses and Israel in the wilderness. And, you know, they said, give us some bread. You know, what's the sign? And, um... Bread is an important part of most of our lives. It has been for a very long time. No offense to those who are gluten intolerant among us. I feel for you. But it's one of the... You go anywhere in the world, they have some sort of bread. You know, it's a staple. Every, every culture, they've got something. Um, it's one of the basic things that people eat. If you got nothing else, you got bread. Um... And so these guys ask Jesus for a sign. They say they want bread, and they're looking for bread like they've heard about. Bread like their ancestors had. Bread like from God, like their great-grandpappy had. And, and people, people's as peoples are still the same. When push comes to shove, they want something like they've heard about. We know people that, you know, their great-grandfather was in church or something, and they heard stories, and they want something like that. They you know, they're, they're looking back for something. They want an experience that someone else had. They want that bread from God. I hope this is making sense. I'm kind of all over the place, I realize. Verse 32, it says, Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of which, sorry, the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. So Jesus explains where this bread actually came from, and he says that the true bread of God is, is not manna, but it's him that comes from heaven and gives life to the world, and they ask him for that bread. And, you know, they asked for one thing, but they really wanted something else. They asked for a sign, but they really wanted, they really wanted was bread from heaven. And when you're interacting with people, you're going to find out that they ask for something, that's not even what they're talking about. Some of us are very liberal and we get confused. But that's what they're doing. They're asking for one thing, but they're looking for something else. And Jesus sees through that. And we need to have his wisdom to see through what it is that um, people are actually needing and what they're actually asking for. And Jesus responds to them, verse 34, and says, Unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. 
Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am that bread that you're looking for. I am that thing that you are desiring. That sign that you want, this is me. I am I am it. And as much as we love bread and as much as we need it and eat it daily, I've got one child that would live off bread if we let her. We need Jesus more than that. Life is found in Jesus. And people came, the people came to Jesus for one thing or another. Some wanted bread, some wanted miracles, some wanted teaching. But what they really needed was him. Because all of that stuff is found in him. Everything that bread represents, life, provision, sustenance, and necessities, whatever we need is found in Jesus. If you need a healing or deliverance or provision or miracles or whatever it is, it's found in Him. He is the bread of life, all that we need. If all you have is Jesus, you have enough. If all you know is Jesus, you know enough. Everything is in Him. I'm almost done. This is as quick as I've been in a long time. Back to the parable at the beginning. <clears throat> People are going to come to us, wandering, cold, in the night, in the dark, looking for some bread. It's going to happen at some point or another. People know that there's something different about you. They know by the way you dress. They know by the way you talk. They know by the things you do or don't do. They know that there's something different. And they're going to come and they're going to look for some bread. And we'd better have it to give to them. We'd better be living for Jesus. We'd better be filled with the Holy Ghost. we better be prayed up. we better be walking in the Spirit. we better be right with God because they're looking for bread. They're looking for Jesus. And if we don't have it, they're going to have to go look somewhere else. God, help us if someone comes to us with a need and we say, you know, we got to go get someone else to pray for you. You can do it. Oh, we need to go get this person or that person. Well, let me call this. Let me pull some strings here and we'll get, we'll get this all figured out. They've come to you for bread. Don't send them somewhere else. You've got it. You better have it. They've come to you for Jesus. You better have it because they're looking for it. They don't have, if you don't have it, they're going to go somewhere else. And someone's going to offer them something different. But you've got the true bread. We've got to give it to them when they come looking. It's our, it's our job, it's our duty to make sure there's bread in the cupboard. They're looking for Jesus. They're looking for bread. They've got to, we've got to have it. He's the bread of life. He is what they need. He is what the weary traveler needs. He's what the soul wandering in the dark needs and we should have him. We should be able to share him at a moment's notice because they don't come looking at convenient times. And the story Jesus tells, the guy shows up at midnight. Everyone's in bed. The door is locked. The lights are out. Now everyone's asleep. They don't ask you Sunday afternoon between services when you're basking in the glory of God. Has anybody ever had a crisis, an emergency? No, nobody. <clears throat> Even just a physical thing. Once upon a time in St. John, we had a leak in our apartment. We lived in a basement apartment. 
and it was raining through the ceiling, through the, the door frame. Water was just pouring out, just rushing in, pouring, I don't know, pipers, I can't remember what happened, but it was just just coming from somewhere and was not stopping. And it wasn't just a trickle. It was just rushing, gushing, and the weirdest thing ever it just kept coming and coming. Did this happen a Tuesday afternoon? No, it happened in the middle of the night on the weekend. But Trisha's parents were staying over. <laughs> I think we had air mattresses out. And everything's flooding. <laughs> I'm trying to get a hold of the landlord in the middle of the night. Trying to figure out how to get this water turned off and where to where to go. I think we ended up with my mother's in the middle of the night. She let us in. We slept there. We've had some plumbing scares here and it's, it's always Friday night Saturday a long weekend when things start leaking and those are just you know fun stories now but at the time they're <laughs> the other day we had a leak we thought we did there's no pipes near it, and I was panicking. Where's this coming from? It's dripping in the basement. Here we go again. What happened to the water cooler? The whole bottle <laughs> went through the cooler. It wasn't really that bad of a leak. We got it all cleaned up, and it's fine. It's like, if there's a pipe broken, I don't know what to do. I can't find it. <laughs> it never happened. That was, again, at night. It never happens during the day. It never happens when it's convenient. Whenever something bad happens, it doesn't seem to happen. I know our emergency department's open, whatever, in a very short window. Nobody gets hurt from 7.30 to 1.30. <laughs> you get hurt after hours. It never goes that way. Crises and emergencies and all this stuff, it never comes at a convenient time. They don't strike when we're ready or when we want them to. It's always at the wrong time. It's always when I'm busy. And this friend in Jesus, this parable, he shows up at a bad time, at midnight, because that's generally how it works, and we need to be ready. They're not going to probably come looking for bread while you're sitting down to your Thanksgiving meal, when there's lots there, and you're ready, and yeah, what's another another seat, another plate. It's going to be in the middle of the night. They're not going to come looking for Jesus. When everything is fine in your world, it's going to be when you're going through something, while you're mourning or you're grieving or you've got a ton of things to deal with or the kids are driving you crazy or work's piling up on you or whatever. When you've got all kinds of things going on, that's when they're going to ask those questions that don't even make any sense. Give me a sign. What are you talking about? How's God? What are you talking about? They're going to ask these questions. And it's going to throw you off. It's never when you expect it. It's never when you're ready. It's never going to be convenient, but we need to be ready anyway. First, or Second Timothy 4 and 2 says, Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Be instant means to be ready when it's convenient and when it's not, we better have enough Jesus in us. 
that no matter what time or season someone comes to us, we've got bread to give them. You better have enough Jesus in us that no matter what's going on in my life, if you come to me with the need, I'll, I'll still be able to pray for you. You better have enough Jesus in us that when someone comes to us and their home's falling apart and things are going on, and even though my life may not be as great as I want it to be, I still can minister to them. We better have enough bread in the cupboard so when someone comes, we can give them what it is that they need. And that means we need to stay prayed up. And that means we need to stay in the Word. And that means we need to keep walking in the Spirit. And those of us who have been around for a while, we shouldn't be coming here on a Sunday or a Wednesday starving for some bread or starving for the Word or starving for the presence of Jesus. How are we going to feed them we can't even feed ourselves. We need to make sure that we've got bread and a cupboard. We need to make sure our cupboards are full. We need to make sure we have bread for ourselves and we are ready to share. And that's my simple message tonight. Nothing crazy or terribly profound. We just need to make sure that we've got bread in the night. Because they're going to come. Your neighbor's going to start talking to you one day about all the things going on. You're going to have something going on in your own life. you got to be ready to share. Bread. you got to be able to see through the questions that aren't seemingly connected to anything. They're looking. They don't know how to ask. They're looking. And they need that bread of life. So, I guess we're going to pray. That's what we're going to do. Before we go tonight, I wonder if we could make sure that we got some bread in the cupboard. I wonder if we could spend some time with Jesus. Spend some time in His presence. Make sure that He's in us. And he's working in us. Maybe somebody here who needs some. And we can pray with them as well. Why don't we take some time this evening? We're going to sing a song. The altar's open if you want to come. We'll pray with you if you've got something going on. You need Jesus to move. We'll pray with you. Why don't we make sure that we've got Him in our hearts, Him in our lives? Make, sure, make this a daily thing. In Jesus' name, God, help us to have bread in the night. Let's 